Take time to be holy as the world rushes on. Spend time in the temple with Jesus along. Looking to Jesus like him thou shalt be. Thy friends in thy conduct his likeness shall see. Nice job, Bonnie. Welcome to Notes from John with with a babble from Bon. Hi. Sunday evening. It's uh, April the seventh, two thousand nineteen. Here in our home, we've just uh, finished another Sunday dinner with all of our kids, with the exception of Emily and her family. And it's just delightful to have everyone here. Bonnie did a because it was our general conference Sunday. We typically do a, a turkey dinner and all the trimmings. Um, it was a great dinner, sweetheart. Nice going. Well, everybody helped, and it was good. It was great to have everybody. We have everybody over. It was We kind of had it at early Easter since we will not be here on Easter, but um, it was fun to have everyone here. We missed Emily's family. And we did, and so tonight um, the name of our episode is a holy place, and uh, for us, that's the the temple, which is a holy place. And we wanted to give a shout out tonight to all of our temple workers. All of them. All of them, and how grateful it's been for us. What's been quite an experience for us to work in the Salt Lake Temple, be part of the leadership with President and Sister Jack and Rosemary Wixom, and Pat and Charlotte Price, and than the two of us and all the experiences we've had and all of our wonderful ordinance workers and volunteers and employees, everyone that's been so great to get to know them and to have these special experiences and with the knowledge that the Salt Lake Temple is going to be closing soon, we just wanted to tell you about our experiences a little bit about in the temple. And Brother and Ken Darrington, our temple recorder, has been a huge help to us. Yes, he has, and Dave Evans and all of them. And hopefully that when our children and grandchildren get older and are able to, that they can take time to go and serve in the temple as well. Take time to be holy a little bit more in their lives. So the song you sang just fits right into it, doesn't That's it? That's right. Good thinking, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> so um, just a little lead into it. After Bonnie and I got home from our mission, um, we... And that was in July, first week of July of 2014. We were anticipating what we were going to do now with our time, and 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 we pondered the possibility of going on another now another mission. This would be just a couple's mission to go and either serve in a some a center somewhere or in a mission and some mission couple or just what. But as it turns out. Um, about eight months after we got home, March of 2015, March and April, Bonnie and I were both called into the Salt Lake Temple uh, to be ordinance workers, which was... Uh, a surprise. So it was a surprise, something we'd never done before and something we hadn't really anticipated doing. Well, because we thought that you had to be old we didn't consider ourselves old at that point. <laughs> no, we uh, didn't. We just thought, oh, we're just going to go and stand and direct 
traffic and direct, you know, patrons that come. But boy, did we have our eyes opened. Boy, did we ever. So we, we, uh, we started our service there in April and May of uh, 2015 as ordinance workers. And then it was, uh, oh, about a year, a little more than a year later, uh, I had the privilege of being called to be a sealer in the Salt Lake Temple and was given the sealing power by by President Eyring, and which was a great experience in and of itself, and just one of the one of the truly wonderful experiences for Bonnie and I uh, to meet with a member of the First Presidency for about forty five minutes, it seemed, as he talked about the sacredness of this <coughs> this sealing power that uh, uh, that he was going to bestow upon me. And that you have been able to sell many missionaries, many family members, and hopefully be able to sell grandchildren. That will be Seal them wonderful. together in marriage. Yes, that will be a wonderful experience to help sell the two of them together. Yeah, and it has been. And then I had the opportunity to be called in as an assistant shift coordinator, which put me in a leadership position that I was not quite prepared for. But when you were as prepared as anybody else <laughs> I was. don't know. I was still fairly new. I hadn't learned a lot, everything I needed to, but I certainly learned quickly. But it was amazing working with wonderful sisters. And then I just have learned so much about the dedication of so many wonderful saints here in the Valley that give their time and, and hours and dedicated service to yeah, the, you know, you realize, work with the uh, Lord. Remember, there's, there's 3,300 people that volunteer in the Salt Lake Temple either as ordinance workers or volunteer workers. And and uh, it's just amazing to me the dedication and unselfishness of literally thousands of people who serve there. So then it was uh, two years ago, this, well, uh, actually the end of, uh, end of March, two years ago, we got a call, uh, Bonnie and I together, to got called to be a counselor, second counselor and assistant to the matron in the Salt Lake Temple Presidency. And that was a surprise as well. Sure was. <laughs> but it's been amazing working with the Wixoms and the Prices. They are tremendous people, full of faith they, they and They are fa- love fantastic. And we've learned a lot. Well, we really have and uh, we've we've been the recipient of uh, of that whole presidency of, of knowledge and of in experience that they have shared with us that's lifted and strengthened us. And, and hopefully we've been able to add something along the way. I hope so. But what was special for me, because in 1893, my great third great-grandfather, Wilfred Woodruff, dedicated the Salt Lake Temple. So it was exciting for me to think that maybe he's up there with John's Great, great, how many greats? Great, great. Great, great grandfather, John Taylor, who were good friends and looking down upon their posterity that are serving in the temple. And what uh, my third great grandfather said of the temple that and ordinances were that these are grand principles and they are worth every sacrifice. And you've heard of stories from all over the world where people sell everything they have to come and go to the temple to be sealed so that their families could be 
together forever. And we're here in the Salt Lake Valley, we have, what, how many? Six temples? Yeah, a bunch. <laughs> and more coming. So conference is always such a fun, exciting time to hear where the new temples are going to be. But I also liked what President Thomas Monson said, and it's always stayed with me, that those who understand the eternal blessings which come from the temples know that no sacrifice is too great, no price too heavy, no struggle too difficult in order to receive these blessings. And it is amazing to me because I didn't understand that very well when I was younger. I used to just think when I was a young girl that, oh, I'm going to go to the temple to be married and to know that my family could be sealed forever. And I grow up singing, you know that song, I love to see the temple, I'm going there someday. And whoever knew that I would be singing, I love to see the temple, I go most every day. Yes, you now, do. <laughs> I know, it's true. But it was, it's, uh, it was a struggle for me when we were first married because of the children, and not first married, but after we had children, of course just to get to the temple, but I knew I was going out of being obedient and and we would go every month, even though it was hard for me and I would go and I was so tired trying to get all the kids taken care of, but I kept thinking of my great-great-grandfather's words that it was worth every sacrifice. So we went and we did go because we knew we were supposed to and even though I didn't understand a lot in fact I didn't understand a lot when I first went through I had no idea the the real importance of what it was all about and it's really true I because I, was in the same, same boat that you know we've been going to the temple for well over 50 years on a, a regular basis which is for us at least monthly and uh, and often times a little more than that but but I I knew it was the right thing to do. I knew I should be going to the temple. I knew it was a commandment to attend the temple. I knew that it would bless my life, my your life, it bless the lives of our children and bless the lives of our ward members when I was the bishop and stake members uh, while in that calling. And um, I knew it was a good thing to do and that uh, Plus, we were also doing work for our kindred dead, so that was good and important. But we didn't, neither of us had the real strong, compelling drive to be you know, spending a lot of time in the temple. Well, I don't, I don't really know why that is. Maybe we just weren't attuned to the importance of the temple enough. I don't think we or were. Or have a testimony deep enough of of its uh, amazing importance in our lives, but that's all changed. Well, it is, and I think part of that was that our parents did not talk about it hardly at all. They didn't, but but I'm sure your parents went. My parents went to the temple every Wednesday. I used to see them coming home with their little bags in their hands. They'd, they'd go to the temple in the afternoon. Dad had taken the afternoon off from work, and then they'd go to dinner somewhere, and and we'd see them come home, and I, <laughs> I always remember that. That reminds me of that little young boy who asked his parents if, oh, are you going to, to do ceilings again in the temple? And they replied, yes, and then he asked, well, when are they going to do the floors? <laughs> yeah. He just didn't understand. I don't think a lot of the young 
people understand what it's all about. And of course they don't because we think it's so quiet to talk and we shouldn't be talking about that because it is, it is so sacred. I wonder if that's the same little boy that was afraid to go to the temple because they were going to take out his endowments. And he said, I don't yes. want him to take out my endowments. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> well, when you go to the temple, you don't take out anybody's anything. You receive a remarkable gift from God, God an endowment sure from on high. You sure do. And that's what I've, I've learned that there are sacred, very, very wonderful sacred blessings of light, joy, peace, hope, and just the whole eternal aspect of what the endowment is all about. And I liked what uh, our Temple President Jack Quixom said, that there is purpose in building an edifice of such beauty and power as the temple because it uplifts all who come. And so now when I'm going to the temple, I sing this old song that I've added a verse to that. It goes to, when I am in the temple, it helps to bless my day. I feel the Holy Spirit, I covenant and pray. In the temple, I feel love and peace. It is a place of beauty. I am filled with light to serve the Lord. It is my sacred duty. Now they're one of your nice little songs. <laughs> Isn't it? But it's really true. The more I have been in the temple, the more peace I have felt in my life. I feel calmer. It's a good place to be, even though it's hard to get up early in the morning. Once we're there and we're serving and we're helping these, uh, or ministering to these people on the other side of the veil and those patrons who come, it's just a good feeling. It's when you are even on the, the temple grounds, it's, you just feel sacred feelings in your heart. Yeah, it reminds me of an interview I had a while back, a couple of months ago, a young man that had uh, come in and wanted to be serving in the temple, and uh, we got to get a little acquainted together, and then I asked him why he was here. And he said, well, he said, President Jepson, I've been home from my mission for about two months, and I have yet to find peace, and I really need it. So I came to the temple and walked around the temple grounds today prior to my meeting with you, and then I, I came in early enough to be able to just sit here in the lobby waiting to come in and, and have my interview with you. And, and he said, you know what? For the first time since I've been home, I felt peace. Mm. And... I want that, I need that, and I know that if I come and serve in the temple, that will happen more frequently for me in my life. I think that's really true, because we see people come often, and not just to do the work for their kindred dead, but for them to feel that peace and that comfort, that joy of just being in the temple, because it's a little slice of heaven. And I remember when you and I went out on a Friday night date. Um, we went to the temple and then we went to a restaurant. And the man at the restaurant door, as we were coming in, said, Whoa, you people have an aura of light about you. And I was so touched because I thought, Can he really see that? Then he said, Yeah, you kind of glow. I was really surprised at the, the thing that the experience that John and I had had in the temple that night helped us have this aura of 
light and um yeah but you always glow by no, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, well the temple put an extra bit of sparkle because i was amazed that someone could actually see that but then it reminded me of that scripture in doctrine and covenants 109 Verse 22, that's the, the prayer of the, the dedicatory prayer of the Kirtland Temple, where it talks about when we go to the temple, we will come away with power and with glory, and that will take his name upon us. And then we will have angels that will have charge over us. I love that. Yeah, I do too. But I guess you should have been a missionary to that uh, doorman. Yes, I should have been a missionary. I should have given him a pass along card and a. Book of Mormon and talk to him about the temple and what we had just experienced, and then maybe he could have gone to the temple and glow too. Well, maybe you didn't. Give, yeah, you didn't give him one, nor did I. But I remember you did give a pass along card to that police officer okay. in New Jersey that wanted to give you a ticket, and um, yes, he did. You you got out of the ticket by just having a nice little talk with him about. Why I was there in Why New you Jersey. Were there as a missionary for the Church that's of right. Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Good on you, Bonnie. Yeah, that's right. That's what I did. So. So I've often wondered too about what is it about the temple that brings this sense of peace, of calm, of confidence, of uh, strengthening faith, and and there's a lot of reasons for that. But one of my favorite. Uh, reasons for it really is identified in the 109th section of the Doctrine and Covenants. Again, the dedicatory prayer on the Kirtland Temple in verse 12, which reads, That thy glory may rest down upon thy people and upon this thy house, which we now dedicate to thee, that it may be sanctified and consecrated to be holy, and that thy holy presence may be continually in this house. It's that last phrase to me that is so powerful. And that thy holy presence may be continually in this house. And what we've experienced in the last year and a half that we've been serving there as much as we have in this presidency, we've truly experienced the fact that it's his true. spirit is continually there. And, and and you can't spend a, a considerable amount of time in a place where the Spirit is always present and not have it affect you. That's right. And and I've I've uh, made this little metaphor that it's sort of like a tanning booth. You know, I've not been in a tanning booth ever, but I've certainly seen its effect on other people. And I understand that you go into the tanning booth, you you close the door, turn on the lights, and these lights just they penetrate you. They penetrate your skin, and the longer you're there, the more it changes you. Well, that's this. That's this metaphor holds for the temple. The more you're in the temple, the spirit will distill and descend upon you, and the more you're there, the more it will it will descend upon you. And the longer you're there, the more it's going to affect you. And that's certainly been what we've experienced. The longer we're there, so true. day after day and week after week for extended periods of time, the more it really is affecting us, particularly me. Well, you just kind of see the big picture of what it's all about. It, yes, we're here in this world, and it's a troubled world at times, obviously. 
but knowing that we have the temple in us helps to give us clarity for our life, helps us to bring purpose, helps us to feel closer to the Savior and know why we're here and what, what we're supposed to be doing. Well, yeah, so um, I've experienced the, rea the reality that uh, all of us have need for guidance and direction in our lives. Some people are in need of help uh, uh, financially. Others are needed help fit to deal with things physically or emotionally or with family members or problems that they may be having or problems that we may be having in, in all of these areas. Or for younger people, their social situation or their, their school situation. Others have challenges at work and their employment and don't know what to do and gosh i i'm just here to tell you if you need guidance and direction in your life you need to come to the temple and let the spirit of the lord distill upon you let him guide and direct and influence you and i'm 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 standing as personal testimony of the fact that that happens that we get that direction, that we get that sense of assurance, that we we come to know more surely of God's love for us and the strength and, and confidence that that gives us to help us deal with the challenges in life that we all have in in a one capacity or another. And knowing when you come to the temple that you can claim those blessings that our Heavenly Father has for us we have the right to do that, and he sees us in so many different ways, but we know he, he loves us, and, and by participating in the temple, by renewing those covenants that we make there in the temple and then come home to keep them, we're just better people all the way around. Well, we sure should be, yes, we especially should. if we make a, a concerted effort to, in fact, keep the covenants that we make in the temple. I, I I like to go into the celestial room um, at times uh, after a session and just sit and ponder and reflect. And, and I think about these words in this beautiful song that's taken, words taken from the Doctrine and Covenants. Draw near unto me and I will draw near unto you. Seek me, seek, and ye shall find me. Ask, and ye shall receive. And it's my, nice. my absolute witness that we will receive from the Savior the guidance and direction, the help, the strength, the peace, the comfort that we need if we'll just, if we'll just be willing to take the time and go to the temple. And if we're blessed enough as you and I have been to be able to actually go and serve in the temple. That's one sister said to us when we got started in this calling that we have now, she said, Brother Jepson, you know, working in the temple is the best kept secret in the church. I'd heard that before and I said, oh, okay. And she said, and you know what? People will never know that until they come and serve here. And that is very true. It is true. 
Because we didn't know either. No, we didn't, but we have surely found out. And what a blessing it's been in our lives. It really has. And it's going to be a little bit sad for us when when we're not going to be serving there. We're going to only be serving two of the three years that we were called to do. We won't more, miss getting up, but we'll have a little... We'll be involved in decommissioning a temple, which is a bit historic. Everything this last year is going to be historic. Yeah. And participating in a temple that's going to be closed. Well, there is a lot that we will miss. There's certainly, as you've indicated, some things we won't miss. And part of our challenge with that is the schedule, which is <laughs> can be daunting because... Uh, um, depending upon which month, and we have a three-month rotation uh, where we change each of those three months and then start over and, uh, in, a, in this rotation. But, but uh, part of that rotation means that we're, we get up at 3 in the morning, 3 a.m., and uh, get ready so that we can be to the temple by 4.15 or 4.20 in the morning. Yeah, that's been I'm here a little to bit hard, just a little <laughs> bit. That means we got to get out of, we got to get to bed by eight thirty. And if you don't, if you're not ready to go to sleep, and it's the summer, you're laying there at quarter to nine, and just oh my gosh, I got to get up and it's three o'clock. But it's amazing the people that come that early to go to the temple. It is amazing. Yeah. It really is. The other thing that has been remarkable that we've seen recently is the, the number of young people that come to the temple to do baptisms. I mean, it's just incredible to me. The little 11-year-old that came in the baptistry font, he had to stand up on the step because he was so little, the water was cover, starting to cover his face. So they had him stand up on the step to be baptized. But yeah. our baptistry is really busy. It's such a great thing for the youth to come. And I've been impressed with the young single adults and the young marrieds who have come to participate in serving in the temple. I think one of the things that I've, I've been as impressed with anything that we've done there, Bonnie, is that we get to stand, because we're in the presidency and the assistant matron, we get to stand at the, near the entrance of the creation room and there greet or acknowledge all the people that are coming in to go on a particular session. We do it every hour. And the ones who come and do three and four sessions a day. It's amazing. It is amazing. It's so fun just to look in their people's faces and feel their, their love for the Lord, their, spirit. their a, love for the temple. Yeah. We see people every day that are coming there to this our temple, the Salt Lake Temple, for the first time, and they're just kind of in awe. They are, as looking they around. Look and around and, and it is. Think. It's a very unique pioneer temple. And one thing that's been very special that we've been able to do also is when it's our, the rotation comes around to us every third month, on Thursday morning we get to go down to the baptistry and greet the First Presidency and the Apostles and General Authorities as they come up to their meeting, be able to shake their hands and... That's been a very, very special experience. Yeah, it has been. Well, there's been a lot of great experiences that we've had, and uh, some of them we, we have to be careful because of the sacred nature of the experiences that we, uh, we really don't talk much about them. But, but we can certainly talk about the, 
the wonderful people that we serve with and the great patrons that come that we have an opportunity to have an affiliation with. Both Bonnie and I have had an opportunity to do some memorization of various things in the temple. Uh, I've had the opportunity to memorize even all of it, as a matter of fact. And You've done very well. And participated in, in um, giving the various parts of the endowment, which I've been very, very thankful for. But just as thankful for the opportunity to review in my mind as I've been memorizing and trying to retain it, review in my mind uh, every day or every other day or whatever uh, whatever schedule I have to, to, uh, to do that each month, I, I reflect upon the words of the endowment that just are really amazing. It really is, but also I've, I've enjoyed just being able to serve with you in the temple. It's been a great calling to do together and to have the experiences that we've been able to have. And as we look out your window in your office and we see the temple, I mean, it's kind of the pinnacle of a calling is to just be right there yeah. in the service of the Lord, blessing people's lives as it's blessed our own. It has. How many, how many, uh, how many miles do you walk on an average each day you're serving? Well, when I wear my Fitbit in the morning where it's very busy, I've gotten up to 10,000 steps. And which is how many miles? Is it five? Not quite. I don't think Not it's quite, that, quite I think that it's, much. Oh, it's about, I don't remember. I don't remember. Well, it's I a lot of steps. I just know it's a lot. <laughs> and uh, we're going up and down s stairs, and by the time at the end of the day uh, we've gone up... Uh, uh, I've climbed up at least 150 stairs. Oh, yes. And that's doing it two at a time because of my, my uh, prosthetic limb that i, I got to drag up. So. But you do it, and we do it, and I'm well, sure. We crash. do, and we do it because we're, we love the Lord. We love uh, our Father in Heaven. We love our children, our grandchildren. We want them to have the blessings of the temple distilled upon each of their heads as well, and hope and pray that as time goes on that it'll become as important to them as it has become and is becoming even more important to us. Because we want them all to be together forever as we meet on the other side. That's, that's well said, sweets. Holy temple, hallowed walls, filled with heaven's light. Where the Spirit speaks of truth and testifies of Christ. There we turn our hearts to those who gave us life and birth. How beautiful that sacred place where heaven dwells on earth. It's a house of learning, a house of faith, a house of peace and prayer. A house of glory, a house of God, we feel his presence there. We will stand with hearts and hands, kept clean and pure each day. Worthy of the blessings found in that holy place. Nice job, sweetheart. That's all tonight from Notes from John. With a babble from Bon. Good night. Good night.